0: Section 17 of the Early Hanoverians by Edward Ellis Morris. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Pamela Nagami. Book 2, Chapter 2, Polish Succession War. In 1733 began a war which raged for about two years, involving most of the nations of Europe not perhaps important in its details, but in several respects important in its results. Owing to Walpole's Pacific policy, England kept aloof from it. It is called the War of the Polish Succession and stands between two wars with a similar name, that of the Spanish Succession at the beginning of the century, and that of the Austrian Succession, which was to come in another seven years. A difference, however, may be noted between the Polish difficulty and the causes of the other two wars. Spain and Austria were countries in which the usual law of succession was to follow the hereditary rule. Trouble only came because of the failure in the two lines of Habsburg princes. But Poland was an elective monarchy. Now, an elective monarchy is, in theory, the best of all forms of monarchy. If not of government, by the side of which hereditary monarchy seems ridiculous. Opponents of the latter laugh at the idea of transferring a people like a flock of sheep or goats. By contrast, they maintain that elective monarchy allows a nation to choose its fittest man and entrust the reins of government to him. As a matter of fact, hereditary monarchy has been found to work smoothly elective monarchy to be always fruitful in discord. In Poland, not only were the elections themselves scenes of the grossest disorder, but the defeated candidates used to raise up factions. Civil war was the common sequel of an election to the crown. Foreign powers interfered, doing their utmost to influence an election. The trouble in 1733 was perhaps the worst of the disturbances that arose out of a vacancy in the throne of Poland. It was by no means the only trouble of the kind. Early in the year died Augustus the Strong, Elector of Saxony and King of Poland. In view of his death, Austria and Russia had been previously making agreement to act in Concord. They were willing to take a candidate from a distant nation as least dangerous, and they had chosen the Infant of Portugal, a title used in Spain and Portugal to mean any son of the king except the eldest. But when the king died, it seemed that France also was determined to have a voice in the election. Now there was living in France, or rather in Alsace, which at this time belonged to France, a former king of Poland, Stanisław Lasztyński, was a Polish nobleman who had been elected king of Poland nearly thirty years earlier, through the influence of Charles XII of Sweden. Stanisław was only twenty-seven, and an objection was taken that he was too young. But Charles silenced it with the remark, He is as old as I am. But after his election came the Battle of Poltova and the defeat of Charles by Peter the Great. When his supporter's fortune was no longer in the ascendant, Stanislaw was driven from his kingdom. Whilst he was living in retirement, the French ministers fixed upon his daughter to be consort of the French king after the dismissal of the Spanish Infanta. Royal blood was necessary, and the five years during which Stanislaw had been king were sufficient to make his blood royal. Doubtless, however, his insignificance weighed with the ministers, who thought he would not give trouble. This daughter had been queen consort of France some eight years now, and either the French ministers had become less pacific, or the king threw his weight into his father in law's scale, as France determined to press for the election of Stanislaw Leszczenski as successor to Augustus the Strong. When the election was held, the influence of France and the popularity of the idea of electing a native Pole prevailed. Stanislav was elected. Within ten days of his election, a large Russian army appeared at the gates of Warsaw, and Stanislav had to take to flight. The Russians maintained that they had come to support freedom of election. In reality, Austria and Russia had by this time agreed to support Augustus, Elector of Saxony, the son of the last king. Of the two candidates, there is no doubt which the Poles preferred but Augustus, elected by a minority under the auspices of the Russian army, remained king of Poland for a space of thirty years. This was the cause of the War of the Polish Succession. Russia and the Emperor were on the side of Augustus of Saxony. Russia confined herself to the Polish side of the war, secured Poland the nominal bone of contention, and besieged Stanisław in Danzig from which town he was with difficulty able to escape. Various princes of the empire supported the emperor, but very lukewarmly. Frederick William of Prussia was one, but he did not send more than the contingent prescribed by the law of the empire. Had he taken up the war vigorously, the result might have been different. On the other side were France, Spain, and Savoy. It is advisable to consider the motive of each of these. France was anxious for Lorraine. If we look at the map of France, it is evident there is a curious hollow between Alsace and France. The duchy of Lorraine separates them. Whether France had this duchy from the first in view, or whether finding that the maintenance of Stanislaw on the Polish throne was impossible, she made the best bargain for herself, is uncertain but as the war went on, France made it her condition of assent to the election of Augustus, that the Duchy of Lorraine should be given to Stanisław, and upon his death be incorporated with France. This condition was finally accepted, and Lorraine remained joined to France until the greater part was with Alsace taken away again after the Franco-Prussian War of 1870. This demand of France came specially hard upon the emperor, because the Duke of Lorraine was the betrothed husband of his elder daughter Maria Theresa. In order that Francis might not remain a duke without a duchy, it was determined at the conclusion of the war that he should have the Grand Duchy of Tuscany, which opportunely fell vacant in July 1737. Spain and Savoy joined in the war with a view to spoils that could be wrested, from the emperor in Italy. To the queen-mother of Spain, the war proved the crowning stroke of her favorite policy. She had disturbed the peace of Europe in order to procure an appanage for her son Don Carlos. In taking part with the French, she chose her side wisely, and the result was that her son became king of the two Sicilies, in which position his descendants continued until in eighteen fifty nine the heroic Garibaldi swept the dynasty away, joining the south to the kingdom of the North, making a great advance toward a united Italy. The King of Sardinia, formerly Duke of Savoy, who also gained by joining France in this war, was the ancestor of King Victor Emmanuel, who, in our own time became king of a united Italy. The war the results of which have thus been indicated, lasted two years, during which there was fighting in Italy, which formed the most important part of the war, and in Germany. In the Italian campaigns the emperor had very much the worst of it. The war came upon Austria in a very unprepared condition. The German campaigns in the Rhine Valley are memorable chiefly because Prince Eugène was, for part of the time, commander-in-chief of the imperial forces, and Frederick, the crown prince of Prussia, afterwards Frederick the Great, served in his camp. Eugène was growing old, being over seventy, but probably that would not have prevented his former great qualities as a general showing forth, but he was abominably provided, receiving recruits instead of veteran soldiers and no supplies. Frederick in After Days wrote that Eugène's inaction of this time was as honorable to him as his earlier victories. This war may be said to have ended with the signing at Vienna of the preliminaries of peace in October 1735. It took some years before the definitive treaties were arranged and signed. By the last of these treaties, signed three years later, France agreed to guarantee the pragmatic sanction, and within two years more had, on the emperor's death, incontinently broken the said guarantee. Augustus remained king of Poland for thirty years. He was elected October 5, 1733, and died on the same day in the year which ended the Seven Years' War. In less than nine years from his death took place the first partition of Poland. Stanislaw lived quietly as Duke of Lorraine and met with his death at a great age, eighty-nine, in 1766, when he was burnt to death through an accident. At his death, Lorraine was united to France. End of Section 17